I'm glad you said that about introducing my wife, because surely I would have forgotten. <clears throat> that's, that's not true, and that's also not safe. Uh, but anyway, my wife Becky's with me, and uh, my three boys are back home. They're taking, well, I, I would say they are taking care of the services. They did. Uh, our services are over for the day already, and uh, they've, we, in fact, we talked to them just before service tonight and uh, got a report on the service and thankful, you know, there were people there and uh, they weren't throwing things at each other and, and uh, anything like that. So, I mean, it's good. Uh, and so we're, we're glad about that. I'm, I, I tell you, uh, I think uh, really the best part uh, that I could report on over the last uh, five years, it was uh, about five years ago that we were here last and you were gone. You were out of town or something. I don't know. Could you know, you knew I was coming or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, but in, in the last five years uh, since, since we've been there, obviously we started the church five years ago in May. And uh, in those five years, I mean, we could share ups and downs. Everybody can. But I think the greatest thing that, that uh, I, I could say has happened in these five years is watching my three sons grow into young men. Uh, they, we, we started a Bible institute, and the two oldest boys went through all four years, and they graduated last spring or whenever. Uh, and then uh, Jason feels like he's called to preach, and he's training in our Bible institute. He's about halfway through. And having them to, to rely on, we've been gone for two weeks. Um, and they've been taking care of everything uh, as far as handling visitation, handling the preaching and teaching and all the various responsibilities that go with that. Uh, they've been handling all of those. And uh, I, I, don't, I, I do not say anything about them to pat myself on the back to say, oh, I've done such a good job, uh, or, or my wife either, for that matter. It's, it's not us. It's the Lord. And we're thankful that, uh, that we get to be the ones to watch it, and uh, we get to see it day in and day out. But God, God's blessed us uh, in, in so many ways over these last years. And, and of course, th these last two years with COVID have been uh, just some of the most unique experiences in, in, uh, in, in my ministry, since I've been in the ministry, uh, and... Uh, and I think, I think every preacher of the gospel can say that, uh, honestly. We, but we, we had to do things differently, some things. Uh, one, one thing we started doing, we have a thing, it's, it's sort of along the lines of Craigslist, uh, only better, uh, much, much better. Uh, but anyway, we, we, we started offering free Bibles, free New Testaments, and then we had a Bible study booklet that we offered for free. And over the last two years, we've, we've probably given away about 80 or 90 of those New Testaments and Bibles. People contacting us, not us trying to, hey, are you interested in this? They contacted us. And here, just, uh, uh, just before we came, the Sunday before we left on, on this trip, uh, a lady came as a result of that, as a direct result of getting a New Testament, uh, she came and trusted Christ. And uh, that, that's a wonderful thing. 
and uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking to her about baptism and seeing her grow in the Lord. And we, we, uh, I, I'll tell you one bad thing. I, I well, if you could say that, we actually have a totally different congregation now than we did two years ago. Uh, there, there are maybe two or three people that are still there from two years ago. All the others, because part of the people left because of the restrictions, so we don't want to. And then part of the people left because, hey, not everybody else is doing this. You know, that, that sort of thing. And, and, and it happens. Um, but the folks that God sent to us, some of them have been saved since COVID came. And they didn't grow up in the Lord. They, they weren't part of some church uh, where, where the gospel was being preached. And then God sent us a, another uh, couple that they immigrated from India, came to Canada because it's so much better in Canada. Um, I think somebody didn't check their thermometer before they moved. I mean, it's just my thinking, but I don't know. Uh, but anyway, they, they moved, in, and then they moved to Edmonton March of 2020. Not a good time to move anywhere. And so everything locked down. And, uh, but anyway, the Lord led them to us, and they have been a tremendous blessing to us. Uh, and all, all, all of the, the folks, uh, we had uh, a gentleman find us on the Internet, came to the church. He'd been saved, just newly saved and hungry, really hungry. But he's also concerned for his parents, who uh, are Romanian. And uh, they've been in Canada for about 20 years, and... Anyway, he got his parents to come, and his dad came for about a month, I think it was, and he trusted the Lord. Just, to, just an amazing, an amazing story, and uh, so we're, we're praying for his wife and then her brother, who's also been attending, and uh, we're praying to see them saved as well. So what we're saying is, it's kind of like work. As you know, sometimes things fall into place and sometimes things just fall apart and sometimes you just have to pick up the pieces and start all over again. That's kind of like what these last five years have been. Uh, but you know, that's what it was going to be all along. Anything worthwhile is worth working for. And uh, I believe working for the Lord is certainly worth doing. And I'm thankful for what, what he's done. Uh, and we've, we've got some things that we're planning. Again, new people. Now, that on the one hand means you've got to go back to ground zero, which is what we've had to do. You've got to begin with the very elemental things of the faith. But that also means you're dealing with people who want to know. And they're excited. And as things warm up, we're going to start getting out. None of these people have ever been door to door before. I'm excited about that. Uh, there's there's one one young man. He's uh, he's Korean and his wife's Vietnamese, and uh, so yeah, we're we're not one of these one race churches. Uh, just you know, I mean, we're actually kind of the minority there, and that, that's fine, perfectly fine. I'm thankful for everybody God's brought our way. Uh, but uh, there's uh, the the young man. He was saying, well, you know, we've been distributing John Romans, and that's good. But I just feel like we need to get out and talk to people. This guy, when he first started coming to church, almost wouldn't tell me his name. I'm not kidding. 
uh, he, he's so shy and, and he doesn't want, but now he on his own says, we need to talk to people. We've got several universities in Edmonton. He's saying, we need to go out on campus and we need to start talking to students. And I'm thinking, I believe God's given you a ministry. I haven't told him that yet, but I've been thinking that. And so anyway, we're going to work on that. And I mean, we've got some exciting things going on. Now, certainly the devil fights. The devil always fights when God's blessing. That, I mean, you can just plan on In fact, if the devil doesn't fight, then you ought to step back and make sure that you're doing what God wants you to do. Uh, that's just the reality of it. So the devil's fighting, and so that means we still need your prayer because the devil's still fighting, but uh, God's, God's opened up so many doors for us, and we're so thankful. Uh, we're thankful that we're there, and we're thankful that we get to see what God's doing there, and we're thankful for you praying for us. We're thankful for you uh, supporting us so that we can continue the work because there's a lot left to be done. Edmonton, the metro area, is one and a half million people. And I think we had something like 20 in church this morning. So there's more work to be done. And so just keep praying for us. I'd appreciate that. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. If I was home in our church, I'd tell our folks that's in the Old Testament. <clears throat> and they would, they would all laugh, not just one or two. Uh, I, I've done it so many times. They're, they're just, they just sort of expect it uh, at, at this point. But here in Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8, a uh, very familiar passage says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate and the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. And we'll stop there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be here with your people and to give a report, really not of what we've done, but a report of what you've done. And we thank you for that privilege tonight. We pray that as your word goes forth, that you would use it to encourage each of our hearts to continue uh, what you've given us to do and just bless in all that we say and do tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we have been at the task, and, and by we, I'm using the ministerial we, not just me, but we as God's people have been at, at, the, at the task of world evangelism for a long time. And we can look at the tremendous things that God has done. We, we can look at the people that were saved. I mean, you go through the book of Acts, and it talks about 3,000 in Acts 2, and then later 5,000, and then later it's like, I give up, multitudes, because you know, I'm, I'm just tired of trying to count all these people. It's just, it's amazing to see that. And uh, I've, I've mentioned a couple of people that have uh, been saved recently in our ministry, and, and it's exciting to see that. 
And uh, we think about the churches that have been established, that have been faithful to send out the gospel to the regions beyond. And we can, we can be excited by that, but at the same time, we could also feel overwhelmed by the fact that the work's not done yet. There is, what, 8 billion people in the world, 7 and a half, 8 billion people in the world, and only about 2 and a half billion people claim to be Christian. That's only about a, what, a third, a quarter, whatever it is. It's not very many. So we'll just put it that way. It's not very many. And you think after 2,000 years, you'd think we'd be a little farther along. And that can be depressing. It can be discouraging to think, I've been working this long and, you know, I'm not even close. Sort of like um, when I was uh, young, uh, living at home, my sister and I had the job of washing and drying the dishes. Uh, it's just what we did because we lived at home. And because uh, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have lived at home. It's just how it was. And so we, uh, at, at, the, at the one place we were living, we did not have running water in the house. And so I had to go down and, and get it just down down a ways, and I had to haul it back in the bucket, and uh, boy, it, it, uh, it lunch came and went, and we couldn't, we couldn't make it last any longer than we did, and, and so now we have to wash the dishes, and my mom decided that, hey, while we're doing that, I'm going to clean out the refrigerator, <laughs> and so that went another two or three trips down to get hot water because... You know, the water didn't stay hot and, and all this sort of thing. And then mom decided, mom loves crystal. And she has a lot of crystal. And even back in those days, she had a lot of crystal. She said, well, it's been a long time since we've washed the crystal. It needs to be washed. And I began to think, I'm never going to get done. I'm going, to, I'm going to die with a bucket of water in my hand. That's how this is going to work. It's how it felt. Uh, and we did get to pause for supper. And then guess what? <laughs> I had to go get more water for supper dishes. And finally, we got to be done. And uh, we went to bed looking forward to the next day where I could go get more water. But when we look at the task of reaching the world with the gospel, that's sometimes how we feel. We're never going to get done. It, there's so much more. And as my oh, mom, she just started stacking things up. It's like, mom, get real. And mom said, yeah, go ahead, get real. Wash it, dry it, whatever. And uh, that's how it was. But when we look at the world, it, it, just, it seems depressing. Uh, and I read a statistic earlier uh, that, that said uh, in, I believe it was 2019, there were 4,500 new churches started in the U.S. Now, not all of those are going to be gospel-preaching churches. We understand that. I'm just using their statistics for an illustration here. But 4,500 churches opening. And uh, you say, well, that's, that's pretty good. Except that there were 1,500 more churches closed than opened. So that's sort of backwards, isn't it? So I'm saying we can look at that and we can say, are we ever going to get done? 
it's like, you know, we're, we're running on a treadmill and the speed keeps increasing and we're just not getting anywhere. And, and that's how it can feel. And we can feel uh, like, uh, what's, what's the use? Why bother continuing the effort? We're not really seeing any, uh, any real results going on. And certainly, uh, the devil's going to make sure that we feel that way. He's going to try to discourage us from doing what's right. But what we need to do is be like the prophet Isaiah and go to the Lord and say, like, like Isaiah did, Lord, how long? Did you notice that the Lord did not correct or rebuke Isaiah for asking? He didn't. In fact, James talks about that very same thing over in James chapter 1 and verse number 5 where he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. You know what that means? That means that we have to question, God, why are you doing this? Or God, how long? God's not saying we can't ask questions. But certainly we better be ready for the answer when he gives it. And, and certainly Isaiah was. But there's three things that we find here. Uh, about this situation. The, the first is in verse number eight, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And we, we find the sender. The sender was us. It is the Godhead. It's all of the Godhead that's involved in sending us into the world. Uh, is, is, as we saw this, whom shall I send? The father says, the son said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And then in Acts chapter 13, you see that in verse number 4, that the Holy Spirit sent Barnabas and Saul to the work whereunto he had called them. And so you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit involved in the sending of the gospel around the world. It's not that we are on our own that we're, we're doing this. We've made up this plan on our own. We, we concocted this whole thing uh, out of our own minds. That's not the way it is. God's the one who sent us to do this work. God's the one who gave us this, this work to do. But the good thing is, he doesn't send us and say, now you go do it and come back when you're done. He says, you go do it and I'm going with you. That's what he says. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul talks about this, where in verse 9 he says, For we are laborers together with God. You have, again, the Godhead laid out there as, as the Father goes with us. He is laboring with us. Uh, in, and, and you see that, that also borne out in, in uh, Mark 16 and verse number 20, uh, where God was working with them. Jesus says in uh, Matthew 28 and verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, but it doesn't end with a period there. He goes on to say, and lo, I am with you always. Doesn't matter how hard it is. Doesn't matter how discouraging it seems, it doesn't matter how much it seems like you're going backward, I am with you. And then not only the Father and the Son, but the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking uh, there before he went to Calvary uh, on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, I'm going to send the Spirit to be with you. 
He's going to be with you. And he's going to teach you and he's going to do all these things that we know Jesus talks about. But the idea is we may be sent to do a job, but God didn't say go do it and leave me alone and don't bother me and don't say anything to me and just check back with me when it's done and then we'll see what we need to do after that. That's not what God has done with us in reaching the world. He says, I want you to go do it and I'm going with you. Now, some of you may have done that with your children growing up. I want you to, and I'm going to go with you so that we can work together. And I, I did that with my boys. I, I tell you what, deputation was great having the boys because we had, we had a trailer, uh, just a cargo trailer with all, all of, I, I told people at the border, it's all my wife's junk, and it just about was. And so the boys would unload it, and then they would load it back, and I just stand there with, you know, with my check, and, and it was great. And, but, uh, but the thing is, they may have done the work, but I was always there with them. And make sure that gets over there, and uh, that goes there, and, and, uh, and then we'll just stack all this stuff here because we've run out of room. It's kind of the thing that we did. But when we're sent to do the work, should we really be discouraged when we recognize that we haven't sent ourselves, we haven't made up this plan of reaching the world with the gospel? God's given us that plan. But also, how can we be discouraged when we recognize that no matter how dark the world may be, He's with us? That ought to make a difference to us. That ought to encourage our hearts. But there's more to it than that. In verses 9 and 10 uh, here in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, uh, he says in verse 9 that he said, Go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. So we see not only the sender, but we see the service. And when, when we, we can boil it down to the first three words that uh, the Lord says there. Go and tell. Go and tell. We come up with all sorts of plans. Here's how we're going to reach the world. And this is how we're going to do it. Uh, when I pastored down in Texas, I, I used to get junk mail from all these places. If you just follow our plan in five weeks, you'll be 10 times the size you are today and, and all that. And I don't get that kind of junk mail today. I get some things in spam email and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, it's still, it's still out there floating around in the ether, as it were. But you hear all that sort of thing. Oh, you got to do this and you have to do that. And it's really not that hard. It's just go and tell. We make it hard a lot of times because we try to add things to, to the mix and we try to make things more than what they really are. But it's just go, first of all, go. We know what Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's interesting that he says it that way because he's talking about every part of the world. But he's also talking about every individual in every part of the world. Go and tell. Jesus said in Luke 24, 
in verses 46 through 48, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and, uh, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you're witnesses of these things. What we have to tell really isn't that hard either, because what he says is, number one, that God did what he said. God sent his son, thus it is written, and thus it was fulfilled. And that, that's our message. God did what he said, and you're witnesses of these things, that I've experienced this. I know this to be true. I know that Jesus saves. I know that Jesus forgives sins. I know that God wants to have fellowship with man. How do I know those things? Because I'm a witness of those things. And every one of us that are truly born again are witnesses of those things. It's not a hard thing. God's not saying you've got to memorize all these things and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. It's go and tell. It's really not that difficult to task. Now, we understand there are other things because the Great Commission gives us baptizing and discipleship. We understand that. But the initial aspect is not that hard. Just go and tell. He does tell us that that going and telling is going to be fought against. He says, hear, hear ye indeed and understand not, and see ye indeed but perceive not. We understand the devil's going to fight. The devil always does. He's going to blind the minds of men. That's what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 tell us. That Satan is going to do his best to deceive and to blind those who are lost. There are people that we've witnessed to over these last five years. We've shared the gospel with, and we've tried, and we've done our best, and they just can't get it. And you just feel like grabbing them and shaking them. In Christian love, of course, but, you know, you just feel like, come on, it's not that hard. It's so simple. All you have to do is, is, is trust the Lord. Look what he's already done. And they just... You know, like a calf looking at a new gate. I don't get it. This makes no sense to me. Uh, this uh, lady I was talking about, that uh, her husband and, and son were recently saved, uh, she's Romanian Orthodox. And so she's coming, she's listening to the preaching, and I think she's beginning to understand some things. But there's a whole lot of baggage because she was raised in the Orthodox Church. There's a lot of baggage that she's just not willing to let go right now. And why is she not willing to let go? It's because I'm not preaching good enough, right? I need to be a harder preacher. I need to be more direct. That's the way the devil messes with our heads sometimes. That's not the point. The point is the devil's blinding her mind because her husband sat through the same messages, walked the aisle, and trusted Christ. And so it wasn't a matter of the message was, was faulty somewhere along the way. It's that the devil is going to fight. You know, we sometimes, we, we get all upset about that. The devil's fighting. And the devil's keeping people from, from uh, accepting the gospel. And so that means... I need to do more. Guess what? The fact that the devil is fighting doesn't change our job. Our job is to go and tell. The devil will fight. He's going to fight. We have to understand that and recognize that. 
But him fighting does not change our job. It's still simply to go and tell. And so we need to stay faithful to go and tell what God has told us to. And then we have in verses 11 and 12, the the summation of this in verse 11, then said I, Lord, how long? And that, that really is the crux of the whole thing. When can we stop? Sort of like what I wanted to ask my mom. You know, when she's halfway through cleaning out the refrigerator. Can we be done now? No. No, I'm not done, and then we're going to do the crystal. But we can, we can ask the Lord, how long? When can we stop? When, when are we done with this job that you've given us of reaching the world with the gospel? And the response there in verse 11 is, uh, then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land utterly desolate. You know what the response the Lord's giving is? Until there's nobody left to go to and tell. You know what that translates to is when the job's done. That's, that's when you're done, when the job's done. You don't leave it halfway done. You don't leave it partly done. You finish the job. And that's what the Lord's saying to Isaiah. You finish the job when there's no one left to share the gospel with. Boy, there in Edmonton, that's going to take us a little while. It is, a million and a half people. And, uh, you know, we've tried to get to as many places and we're still working at it. But uh, there's so many that we have not reached yet. And, and it's, you know, it seems strange growing up uh, here in North America. And, of course, I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm thankful for that. I heard the gospel all the time. And so it, it seems so strange to me when people come into our church and they sing, say things like, I've never heard that before. It seems so strange. It, it seems so foreign to me. And yet it's the reality there's so many still have, here in North America, where you would think, we all know. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. And so there's more work to do uh, so that we can reach them with the gospel. And no one left uh, to be born again by the power of God. Until then, we need to keep going and telling. Like I said, we can beat our head against the wall. Sometimes we feel like it. You know, hey, I've done all this work, and I mean, look what I've got to show for it. And, and we can feel bad about that, or we can just recognize, look, God sent me to do this. He sent me to go and tell, and he sent me to do it until the job's done. Now, I don't know about you, but recognizing those three truths is actually encouraging because that doesn't leave the whole work on my shoulders anymore. All I have to do is obey. And God takes care of the rest. Isn't that what we find when we trust Christ? Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? Paul says they have not all obeyed the gospel, right? And, and it's, it's the same thing with, with what we're talking about here. In, in coming to Christ, it's simply doing what he said. 
And when I say doing what he said, I mean placing your faith in Christ alone as your only hope for salvation. It's, really, it's that easy. And it, it's the same thing. We, we don't have to make things happen. We just have to be obedient because he sent us. He's given us the job. He's given us the end date. When it's done, when it's done, you can be done. And so we can just do what we say about everything else. Well, we just keep plugging away at it. That's what we do. We just keep plugging away. Not get frustrated. <gasps> Antichrist is coming. Because, I mean, that's what we've heard for the last two years, right? Uh, because everything's the mark of the beast these days. You know, and so Antichrist is coming and all, all these things. And we can get all wrapped up and then, oh my, what are we going to do? We can get all caught up with that or we can keep plugging away at what God sent us to do. And we may as well just keep plugging away at it until the work is done. That's our job. So let's just be faithful to do the job until it's done. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and, and just search our hearts. It, it, we, we, here, we here in America, we are results driven. And when it comes to reaching the world, we feel like, oh yeah, I may as well just give that up and try something else because it's not working. We need to recognize what, what the, the Lord said to Isaiah. It's not about Isaiah, it's about the Lord who sent him. It's about him being obedient to go and tell and just being obedient until the job's done. That's what we need to do. Not worry about the results and, and what about this and what about that or what, what about these people or those people. Just keep plugging away at the job until God says you're done. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that you would encourage each of our hearts to continue the work that you've given us to do until it's done and that you might be glorified in our obedience to you tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.